pastor at the time. Yeah. And so they had a full-blown worship service. What is it? <clears throat> craziest wedding you've ever done or something you remember like i'll never forget that at a wedding or maybe church service oh <laughs> it's like last week church services get crazy growing up man um seen seen some crazy stuff oh i know in in, in church i mean we've all seen some crazy stuff mm, in church. yeah um Oh, man, nothing real crazy at a wedding. I, I did do a wedding for for a family. They had been coming to the church for for a while. They weren't married, and um, you know they they'd been coming and and wanted to get married. So it was just at a park, and um, did that wedding. But um, man, he the, the the guy you could not understand him uh, at all. That was, was just kind of a. Because of a language barrier, or because he was like a redneck, <clears throat> both. both. Yeah, was, <laughs> double whammy. An extremely deep voice. Oh, okay. And um, and 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 would mumble at yeah. the same time. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a guy that I grew up with. We used to call yeah. him. Uh, uh, we called him Mushmouth because <laughs> yeah. he would like sound like he had rocks in his mouth. Yeah, I mean that's. <laughs> you would you would pick up bits. Yeah, and you'd have to piece, piece, it, piece it together. Yeah, trying, yeah. just <laughs> just wishing there were subtitles you could read <laughs> while he was talking. Oh, man. Craziest thing in church, though? Oh, man. Craziest thing. Uh-oh, he's smiling. <laughs> oh, man. The the first church my dad pastored, it was a small town in, in Arkansas, and um, there, there was, it, it was a poor community. And there was one one poor family, and there was just one in a poor community. <laughs> well, there's several, but there's okay. one extremely poor, okay, okay. poor family. And um, man, there 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 could be stories like crazy about them, um, uh, like, like picking up roadkill and cooking it for the night or something. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. He he had diabetes. Yes, yeah, this is kind of sad but funny. Uh, <laughs> sad and funny. It's very, so you're telling us about sad. Jake right yeah, now. Here we go. <laughs> very, very sad. But um, he he had he he had lost his leg during during it. Um, had to get amputated, mm. and um, he, he's coming to church. Uh, he's he's on crutches. He's lost a lot of weight, but they so his pants are. are Sagging Super, yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Now he can't. He's having a hard time keeping them up. He's on crutches, and he's at the front door, and he's opening the door for somebody. And as he's opening the door, he swings his arm, and and just however swinging the arm, <laughs> oh, no. it, it loosens some, and the pants start to fall. Oh no! And they make it all the way to the knees, and he's with the dilemma: <laughs> Do I let go of the door or pull the pants? In? That was that was kind of oh, funny. Man. No, that's not kind of funny. That's uh, really funny. Uh, my brother-in-law, Aaron Davis, has a pretty good one about it, about my people losing his pants one day. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. He, like, stood up to shake his hand, and he dropped his drawers right there. <laughs> like, just slid right wow. off. Wow. Yeah, but the, the funniest in church was the second church my dad pastored, testimony service. You can, you can hear crazy stuff for oh, testimony test- services. Testimonies? Yeah. 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 Um, y'all, y'all experienced that, the testimonies were just anybody gets to stand up and just talk. Oh yeah. Okay. I've seen some stuff on that. Yeah. Oh yeah. This, this guy, and he, he was an usher. He, he was, um, he, he has had half a foot on his right, on his right, right foot. He had um, half a foot? Half a foot. Yeah. You could tell from his shoe. Um. So, chopped. Yeah. Just, oh wow. Just chopped. Okay. So, um, you know, his shoe would point up always. <laughs> Because it's just from the, the walking. Oh my goodness! Okay. And he testifies one one Sunday, and and um, he he's he's always crying, you know, at the at the time, and and he tells the story, and I'll never forget it. It, it was <laughs> Brother Harvey, because my dad. I was um, when I was a little boy. <laughs> I went went out with my brother, and we were chopping wood. No, and 
And I was a non-relittle boy, Brother Harvey, and my brother, he was chopping wood, and I, and I put my head on the stump, and I said, cut it off, I oh dare you. And then he didn't. He, he kept on chopping wood, and then I put my foot up there, and I said, cut it off, I dare you. And Brother Harvey, he cut <laughs> off my foot. <laughs> Cut off his foot. Oh That's a real story, or he made that, that up. No, oh that my was. goodness! So, so you gotta bring testimony into wow. it. So, so he finishes it off. I just want to thank the Lord. He didn't chop off my head. <laughs> <laughs> He's one of the lost his head that day. That that was. Oh, dude. One of my favorites. That's a good one. That is really good. <laughs> Who would chop somebody's foot off, dude? Uh, who would put their foot off there? Well, exactly. that too, both. Yeah, yeah they're both crazy. a little wild. <laughs> I don't have any stories like that. I don't have any good testimony stories. You like that. Oh, man. Not like that. My favorite one is that one floating around on the internet. You ever seen the one with the dude about being gay? Oh, my goodness. He's just, you know, he's in the microphone. He's like, I'm not gay no more. But the things yeah. he's saying about men during the time he's oh, saying man. that. He only likes women. Right? Yeah, he's like, I only like women now and stuff. It's really, really funny. <laughs> we should tag that video on here. We'll just put the link for YouTube <laughs> on it. Important conversations. We'll put the mean salary for athletes and we'll put that video mm. that testimony. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. The only thing I ever did is we were praying, and when you're little, you kind of, like, imitate. You know, oh, like for sure. Imitate. Still and do you that. Know, stick your hand out. or you. My <laughs> sister, she got on the ground, you know, lay, laid out in spirit. And people were getting, you know, the Holy Spirit was really moving. And, and I got up there, and I started just praying for her. And you know how they would blow, and they'd, like that, they would sway their arms? I had this big old thing of gum in. <laughs> and I went, like, <laughs> shot her right in the eye. She was on the ground. Wow. <laughs> so, that was the only thing. Led by the spirit. Yeah. <laughs> then I'd start praying for her eyes. <laughs> Almost put her yeah. eye out. I was I was about eight, eight eight or nine. And in Sunday night service and pastor's kid, if you know, everybody went to the altar and, and you had to go to the altar. Had and to. we had nice padded altars. Oh wow. Uh, at the so it's know, like I mean, a Catholic yeah, church. They're cushion. <laughs> People are going to be here a lot. Yeah. We need them back. <laughs> yeah. There were cushion altars, so um, I, I was up there, and you know, you, you gotta, you gotta go up. Pastors, kid, you have to. I, I, I could get in trouble every if, altar if call. I didn't, yeah. Every altar call. Yeah. So I'm up there, and and I fall asleep. I'm just out I mean, at I'm the altar. At the altar. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I wake up, and and about the whole church, they were all done praying, so they were all around me praying me through. <laughs> they just thought you were just giving it to God. Oh yeah, they thought I was just. <laughs> and you like wake really? Up. <laughs> no. Oh man, no, I, I do. I, oh, I go. Uh oh. That's so I, I I get up and I'm wiping the eyes like I've just been blessed. Yeah, but it's like, sleep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I bet you to play that one off. Oh man! Well, we had that conversation with his wife Dee because she was a, a pastor's <clears throat> kid too. We're talking about falling asleep on Sunday nights and waking up in the <laughs> church, be getting wild. And you're like, oh, <laughs> and then Let's go back to sleep. Go back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can remember coloring a lot for whatever reason in church. Like when I was little, little, I remember coloring a lot, like having coloring books and coloring a lot. Yeah, like always coloring. I never got oh, to have that. Never. No. Like, not even like five years old. No, I don't think so. Oh, man. You had to sit up straight. Yeah. Sit up straight. Make sure you're at the altar. <laughs> yes. that's, yeah. that's pretty funny. Always on the front yeah. row. Oh, yeah. had to be. Yeah. I've got whacked before. Somebody running by, swinging their arms, and I've got hit. That's just. Dude, when I was uh, on a Sunday morning, I got left funny. at church when I was like an infant. Still like in the car seat, little. What the me? I think I think they said that I was already like, I was sitting in the car seat. And they all got <clears throat> to my grandparents' house here in Rosoria, and they were like, "Where's little Dale at?" Oh, little and nobody Dale. had him. I was in the ch- in the church in the dark, oh, all head. locked up. They left me in there. Dang. Yeah. <clears throat> Another time, this is one of my favorite or one of their favorite stories. I always tell about me is uh, <clears throat> I was probably like two or three three years old, something like that. And uh, apparently, I was acting up in church. Did you remember ever getting pinched on the ear? 
like for if you were talking or you're being loud or something doing you know not paying attention you pinched on the ear by who my mom oh she's she was evil lady no kidding (laughs) 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 but she snagged me up one time and as she grabbed me up to take me out to give me a whooping i was saying don't beat me mama don't beat me like in the middle of sunday morning church and everybody's like bless him lord (laughs) (laughs) he's about to die (laughs) he'd only been like the other kid was up there for three hours sleeping up there (laughs) giving his life to the don't beat me mama (laughs) my dad would give a snap and a point while he's preaching nobody else would notice you know i mean he's just kind of preaching yeah yeah, yeah. you knew what that was oh man (laughs) yeah i'm falling asleep on the car ride home best i can He's about to Make lay hands him. on me. <laughs> Come carry me in. Oh man. Our our middle kid, um, Noah. Yeah. He, he he was uh about two two or three and they uh the church we go to the um fifth Sunday, all the kids were in. That's where we got the idea. We still do that at, at ours now. And um he he was in there, the pastor is preaching he was preaching long. He he was. And Noah got real fidgety and playing with stuff, getting a little loud. I And I had told him, like, last time, I was like, hey, get up here, sit here, be quiet, or we're going outside and you're getting a whooping. And he sat there quietly for about five minutes. That's all it lasted. About five minutes. And then he, he, he doesn't even get loud. He, he doesn't do anything. He's just... Elbowing me, <laughs> elbowing me like this. I look down and he goes, "Let's go outside." <laughs> <laughs> he was like, like "I'm oh, done." He <laughs> was like, "He's like, wait it out. Uh, I'll take the whooping." He had five <laughs> minutes to debate about this. I don't want to <laughs> sit in here anymore. <laughs> Dude, that's a calculated that's risk, a, right there. Was. <laughs> he he was always that. No, no, was that our our male child was always that way. Logical, like uh, had this real logical brain. Yeah, you had to know. Analytical. So analytical. Yeah, if we told him, "Hey, you do that again, you're getting a whooping," he would ask, um, "By you or mom?" <laughs> There's a difference. Yeah. Which oh. did he prefer? Oh, mom. Oh, mom. Oh, yeah. oh really? So, okay. so then it would be me. Yeah. And then with mm. a hand or a belt. <laughs> so There's a follow up. Like a belt. And then you can still see he's processing. He's Is this going to be worth it? I need to know what what what's yeah. going to be. I'd always tell him the worst. Yeah, you know that's hilarious. And sometimes he'd do it, and sometimes he wouldn't. But he <laughs> always reasoned, calculated risk. Yeah, exactly. That's hilarious. How old is he now? He is twenty two. Wow. Twenty two. <laughs> He is 22. He's yeah. about to be 23. Any pastors below you? Are they going to be pastors, any of your kids, or no? Oh, man. They keep saying no, all of them. Mike is in ministry now, though. Yeah. He is. Yeah. They know there's a pattern because yeah. my dad was a pastor. Um, his mom pastored. So they they all will say, I not, said, not me. I said you're you're going to do it. Yeah. Not, yeah. not me. Yeah, I always said I was going to be a pastor. Like, everybody's, my whole life. You was? Me. Or you were not? Whatever, we're not, yeah. Sticking to my guns. <laughs> <laughs> still sticking. Yeah, it's crazy talk, man. What the heck's wrong with people? <laughs> they don't know me that well, apparently. <laughs> no, like, people ask me yeah, all through my, when I was a kid, teenager, all kinds of stuff. I'm like, no, no. I think when people, like, ask you all the time to, unless you, like, really want to do it, it made me, like, Absolutely not. You know, it pushed me, definitely pushed me away. Huh? It pushed you too far? Maybe so. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not want to be a pastor. Actually, grow up, growing up in a pastor's home should make you not want to be a pastor. Should give you a pretty good insight. What's wrong with you, man? <laughs> I was going to say, what, what is your key deciding factors to say, no, that's not me? Uh, I don't like, believe it or not, I don't like talking in front of people. Really? I do it every day no, here, it like but it's like. easy for you. It's not. I really don't. I like. I don't like talking in front of large, large crowds. Like, really don't. Well, if you start, it's usually a small crowd when you're starting. <laughs> <laughs> you, you work your way up to the big crowds. Yeah. Um. So yeah, definitely that. That's a, definitely a big factor. You've never done like small groups or anything. Like yeah. That? Oh yeah. That? For sure. That's fine. You ever spoken in front of youth or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they're dumb kids. They don't know any better. <laughs> <laughs> it's a waste of time anyway. Yeah, they're like, you're whatever you're saying. I'm like, Jesus, they're like, 
all right, whatever. <laughs> they didn't care. <laughs> I don't care. At least they didn't seem to care. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, youth are just different. Youth are, I think. they're kind of different. They're different. They're hard to, yeah. to navigate <clears throat> that. Yeah. There's like a fine line of like being pastoral and being like kind of fun at the same time to not lose all their attention. And For sure. It's hard to juggle that. Yeah. But sometimes, you know what like irritates me? Is I really feel like you want to grind my gears? Grind my gears? <laughs> no, it's like we baby youth in children's ministry, but the enemy doesn't wait for that. Oh, definitely right. Not. Like he's there to destroy them now. Yeah. And a lot of times we just don't. We withhold information oh, that yeah. they really need to get mm-hmm. because they're facing. They're they're hearing about all that stuff, the bad stuff already. Oh yeah. I mean, fourth grade they start hearing about it, if not earlier. So it's like yeah. <laughs> we baby in the church all the way up till they're adults. And then they've already been damaged by the enemy because we didn't support them through it. So maybe there's people that need to step up in those roles. Oh, definitely. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying you're, like, the, you're the one. I who think a lot be- of like, I, like I just said, like it's a, you need to be pastoral and you need to have a little fun in it at the same time. I think that that maybe we, t- we don't really focus in on that. Hey, maybe they do need that pastoral, like hard push because they're going through some stuff at that time. You know what I mean? What? I agree. I've point. been telling this guy for how long now that he needs to be <laughs> yeah. pastor. Pastor Doctor Phil over here is not meeting his calling currently in life. <laughs> I know there's a calling there. Just got to get to it, you know. Hey, I mean, this is a good stepping stone. I think. Yeah, maybe so. Mm. Maybe. I, I do think you have to be hard. <clears throat> I think all the things have been solved. I think we've watered down so much for for kids and. Um, and, and youth. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, just, man, I, I got, I got saved young. I was, I, I remember being filled with the Holy Ghost when I was eight um, and crying at a Christmas because my parents said they didn't get me the Bible that I was wanting <laughs> oh my when I was seven or nine. You know, I mean, you were definitely called frame. to be a pastor yeah. without a doubt. I was crying over Legos at that age, not not, not whether yeah. or not I got a Bible. But but man, we've we've watered down so much that we we've we haven't let the kids have the experience. Mm-hmm. And, and Jesus said, "Come, you know, let the children come to me." Yeah. And and at that point, when they're so young, it's so easy to receive what God has for them for sure. Because He says, you know. Be, be like a child. Yeah. You know, if you come to me with childlike faith, there's just something about that. And, and I think we just water down the message. We just want to do playtime with them a lot instead of realizing, man, these kids can have real service. They can have real church. Yeah. They can have a real encounter with God. And God can begin to speak to them at, at this age and begin to develop and, 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 and really just have that calling on their life. Yeah. No, that's true. But but they can't if we're just playing with them. Yeah, if we're playing church, and then right. we're we're uh, educating them on how to act in a real church. Did you mm-hmm. did you feel that way when you were coming up? Like you were like it was watered down for you. Um, because I didn't feel like it was that way for me at all. Well, what's your experience? What like, do you mean? Water, what do you meaning watered down? I didn't feel like there was anything like held back at all for us. I didn't feel that way. At what age, though? Like as far as long as I can remember. And then you got to think too, like how many parents <clears throat> don't want a pastoral person speaking about certain things at a certain age? Oh yeah, it was pretty much open board. Like we talk about like sex and marriage yeah. and stuff like. Oh yeah, as soon as we hit youth, like it was established. Like there was. What is youth age? Like 12, 13? Yeah, mm-hmm. twelve years old. Like at least once a year, we would have like break the girls and boys apart, and like they would go through like why sex is married or, you know, biblical and supposed to be inside the context of marriage and the whole nine yards, man, from like 12 years old on. Oh, that's good. We like, uh, we read a book, I think at 12 years old, I should tag this cause this is a good book for all kids to read. It's called preparing for adolescence. You ever heard of it? <clears throat> it's a pretty good book. Anyways. And it's a biblical stance on like those teenage, early teenage years for like boys and girls. So it's, it's pretty good. Solid, solid book. Anyways. Yeah, we read that. I read that at, I want to say I was 12, like 12 years old. Yeah. Preparing for adolescence. It just opens your minds to things that I didn't even, honestly, I didn't, wasn't even aware of, but I knew would be present in my life in a near, very near yeah. future. Hmm. So yeah, pretty interesting. But I didn't feel like church was watered down for us at all. 
by any means. Uh, changed nowadays? I, mean, I don't know. I'm not involved in youth and kids ministry, so I have no idea. Pastor Greg, <laughs> how do you feel about that? I don't know. He doesn't know. When I was a youth pastor, it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, pastor Troy? No. And and I don't <laughs> think he and I don't think he does at all. And I think they, they <clears throat> worship and, and everything. Yeah. yeah. I do think there's been with and and I don't know what to do. I mean church world changes and you gotta do but but we separate out so much that um you know, we rarely worship as a family. Mm, true. We're used to kids. We're we're in with you. They 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 got to experience all that with you, yeah. and 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 now, you know, we we always have, you know, kids being watched here. Some you know somebody classes from here. Yeah. And we separate out so much. It's true. That 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 we're missing that family worship. Hmm. Never thought of it that way, but it's true. true yeah, you watch your parents worship or you do something like that, and you're like, you know, it probably changes your outlook a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like those Sunday night services. It's when you threw you down. Vividly, vividly <laughs> remember those. Oh, yeah. And you yeah. remember seeing the power of God move around, and you're like, it's, I mean, there's a fe- like a reverence fear there when right. you see that stuff happening as a kid. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, maybe <clears throat> that's what we're missing. Is that what it is? Maybe. I don't know. I, I mean, I think... I, I don't think he would be giving them the Holy Spirit at eight years old if they weren't going to be dealing with stuff. You know, he's empowering. That's the empowerment. That's right. that's how they're going to know how to face everything. And I mean, Jesus was preaching. I mean, at twelve. Oh, at twelve. Yeah. I mean, he, I think the Holy Spirit is the. You know, it doesn't matter what age you are when you receive him. He's able to flow through you right then. You know, you could. Lay hands on the yeah. sick at eight years old. What would be the purpose of having them if you weren't, you know? Right. Right. But that's what I'm saying as far as like those, their atmosphere and what they're in. Like, what do they do? What do kids do that are empowered with the Holy Spirit? Like, do we have avenues for them to actually utilize that gift? Like, what yeah. we, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. That, I mean, because I'm not, I don't see it on a Sunday at all. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't see kids. But I can remember kids when I was all growing up <clears throat> through from as my earlier, like my, as early as I can remember, like kids, like being like touched by the Holy spirit, like mm-hmm. receiving gifts, uh, being called into ministry at like seven, eight, 10, 12 right. years old all the time, you know? And because I'm not involved in it, I don't see it or hear about it now, you know? So, but I don't know that it doesn't exist. Well, usually like if you had an evangelist <clears throat> come in or someone like that and, and they pull your kid out, you know, I was one of those that they yeah. pulled out and was, they lay hands on you. Like the Lord called you into the ministry, blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, that, I mean, that happens. So, I mean, I, I got told by a prophet whenever I was a kid, like two, three years old, she prayed over me and said that you'll be preaching on the playgrounds. <laughs> and when I was like, I think it was like first grade. I didn't even know that I'd been prophesied that, but it was written down on a paper that my parents wrote that I had a line of kids because we just had a revival oh, and I had a wow. line of kids and I was praying over each one of them. You know, <laughs> the lines are at altar yeah, call yeah, yeah. was doing that. And then they like brought that to my remembrance. Like this was prayed over you at this age and this and that. So it's like, well, I mean, plant the seed, pray over your kids, yeah. you know, prophesy over <clears> them because <throat> yeah. God wants that word released on their life. Do you see stuff like that in your own kids' lives? With like, my kids? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I pray over them, and, and there's been things that God's, you know, given me in my heart when they were babies and pray over them and that, you know, Sage was going to have a voice that was going to, she'll be able to sing and lead worship and that kind of stuff, and now she's singing and yeah. not like in worship, but she sings around the house like All nonstop, the time. Hmm. you know, and she's, <laughs> Sayla does too, but it's like. <laughs> <laughs> I have to be careful what I say about my kids now because Camber and Briley both watch this. The other day, Briley confronted me about something. Oh, yeah. Why? Because you you talked about her. Because I yeah. Oh well, no. Because I talk about Cambry a lot. Because uh, you know I deal with Cambry and her um, stubbornness and stuff like that more than I deal with Briley. Because Briley's kind of like flies on the radar a whole lot more, you yeah. know. And so I talk about Cambry a lot. She's like, Dad, you never talk about me. I'm like, that's not true. I just talked about you in this episode and I showed her. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, that's yeah. cool. What about you? Like your kids? Like you you like at early ages? Did you see stuff in their lives? Like you're like, or no, like. <clears throat> early on oh there would be yeah um you know at, at camps or yeah or if we're doing family you know services that the whole family's in yeah uh, that that man you see it pour all over them yeah 
and they've had the experiences. My my fear is that if <clears throat> if they don't have the experience, yeah, that was always my 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 prayer as a youth pastor because I knew I mean where we were, we had rough kids. Uh, when you were a youth pastor, when we were a youth pastor, <clears throat> uh, we didn't. The church wasn't incredibly large. It, it about three hundred on a on a Sunday, but the church, the youth, just grew and exploded. It went from when we were there seventeen to to over one hundred and eighty on Wednesday nights coming in. Wow. Yeah. So I mean, it it did. Our prayer was that every kid would at least have an experience with God. Mm-hmm. What do you think it was that drew just one? What do you think that What do you think it was that drew kids in? Like going from that to that, I mean, because there has to be something. It's got to be God right. has to be involved, number one. But there has to right. be some. There's there's other factors that play into that. There are other. Fa- I mean, <clears throat> and 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 I preached hard. I, I yelled. <laughs> I, I did. Yeah. Um. Um. And and we were we were we were rough with them, but man, they knew we loved them. Hmm. Um. They they knew we loved them. We we always made sure that that we, um, you know, a touch goes a long way, mm-hmm. and they weren't getting that at home. Yeah. So I yeah. mean, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, made sure you know, side hug, yeah. here and there. Every kid didn't didn't matter. Yeah. Um, just just share share that that you love them that that you're confident in them and God's got big things for them. Always speaking confidence into them, and then. Uh, you know, our our thing is it as it grew, we wanted to make sure that this was the place to be on this night. Right. You know, yeah. It was a Wednesday night. We created the stuff for them. I mean, once skaters started coming, you know, we're yep. We we built a half pipe. Yeah. You know, just yeah. just something. Dude, we were there too, man. Just to uh, make sure there's this is the place to be. So we're always looking for for ways to make it. But but man, we'd have church. Uh, I I know. M- a lot of people think, you know, youth, it's games, but it wasn't. It was, we, we, after we got a certain size, there wasn't any games hardly ever being played. It, yeah. it was always just worship and, yep. and word and altar time. And, yep. and our, our prayer was that they would have an encounter and we'd have that. We'd have the, I remember a kid coming, it was only a few times he came up until this and, and it, it just said, um, said, asked me after he said, Hey, I, I want to know what, what happened. I said, what, what, what <laughs> he felt something. He didn't what, know what it was. What are you talking about? He went, well, all of a sudden I'm crying and I couldn't stand. I was on my knees. I could not stand what happened. I was, Oh, that's, that's the Holy ghost. That's, that's God. You're, you're just feeling him. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I said, did you like it? Yeah, I really did. You know, I mean, that was, yeah. Um, yeah, and I know they, they won't all serve God, but I wanted all of them to have a moment that they look back when it's hard, when it's tough, you know, if, if, you know, if they're on drugs or whatever, that they can look back and there'd be a moment that God could, speak to them mm-hmm. and that they would remember a moment back of yeah yeah god's real yeah Dang. that gets me kind of emotional <laughs> i like to hear that kind of stuff yeah we had an incredible youth group man i grew up <clears throat> very fortunate to have a good youth group because it was away from my dad um doing youth pastoring um and they this one was called cas <clears throat> and then larry davis um well, you, well, you mm-hmm. know Sean. So Sean's dad stepped I've played up. golf with Larry. Larry's an awesome yeah. dude. So if you've played golf with him, you know he's fun to be around. Yeah. Um, and great youth pastor. Awesome heart. Loved us. And then went from there to Bubba Hagen, who was just like one of the funnest dudes to be around too. Always up for a great time, which you, I don't know if you've met Caleb or not. Uh, maybe not. Um, but <clears throat> super great youth pastors. And then into Welby Pierce. Mm-hmm. Do we had like a string of like awesome youth pastors that like came through so that really like I got to be involved with some really yeah. awesome youth groups and we exploded because of that. <clears throat> we had right. great men who stood up and they were just good leaders, uh, loved kids and man, it showed. We had great youth groups. 
loved, loved my teenage years. I tell people all the time, like I loved being a teenager. Mm-hmm. I had a great life. I had good parents. Home life was smooth. You know what I mean? I stayed out of trouble for the most part, you know, and just enjoyed life. It was a lot of fun, man. Some of my favorite years of life because, you know, the responsibility of life is not there. Right. Right. And you're just going flying by the seat of your pants the whole time. You know, it was a good time. You know, it was skateboarding and church and playing paintball. Right. I mean, it was awesome. I loved it. We had a super good youth group. It was a lot of fun. Had some great church services too. Oh yeah, it really did. Yeah, it was good. Did you grow up in a good, like, a big youth group or anything? No, my grandparents were pastors, and then as soon as, but right before they moved out, uh, it was kind of they moved to like another state. I can't remember where it was at to be honest, because it was so quick there and uh, back yeah. this way. Mm-hmm. And they started went. They uh, became dean or dean of women at Christ of the Nations, and then a professor at Christ of the Nations. So, oh wow, I didn't get to. Uh, yeah, I didn't get the youth, the youth group. Uh, I didn't get to go through all of that. I wanted to. I, right before I got in, my my cousin stopped being youth pastor, and we left. So gotcha, man. I don't know. I know quite a few people that went through CFNI. That's you know great. people that went through CFNI. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's a cool place. Rick Pino, all those. Oh, yeah, he's a wild dude. <laughs> he is. I mean, he played a one one night. We were at my grandparents' house, and he came in and and just played a worship service just for us. Like we. Just hung out with him, and he picked around on the guitar, and we played together yeah. with Rick Pino and, of course, Carrie Job. All those were yeah. going through the school, and my grandparents mm-hmm. were there. Oh, wow. So, so she they were Carrie like Job. booming. Yeah, my grandmother was uh, dean of women. So. <clears throat> wow. Right on. That's but, awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's cool for them. They got to experience that and, yeah. I mean, be there. So now they just pastor here and there. I mean, not even we like mean churches. Do what? We mean just. Just pastor, like uh, they're not like a, a pastor like at a church, but they do. Uh, they travel a lot. They impart into a lot of people. Um, like uh, Dutch Sheets is a huge uh, oh, yeah. person that they deal with. That's if you ask Dutch Sheets, he'll say that my grandfather's like his spiritual father. Mm-hmm. They've wow. grown up together, and and he's prayed over him. Um, uh, Billy Graham one time. I mean. Like, wow. just, okay, are we name dropping? Is that what we're doing? No, I'm just saying, like, well, me these, and Billy Graham last week, we went out to lunch. I'm just saying, <laughs> no, I'm saying, like, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm awesome. proud of my family, yeah, but it's it goes to show you that my grandfather, if you go see him, he's in a chair right now, he's reading his word, like, this is where you find him, yeah. Um, but it's that they've been hidden their whole life, and God has used them to impact people of influence, like, even Todd White, like. These are names that they've been in their home, and I'm not dropping names, or I don't even care about that. But what I do <laughs> I care about kidding, is that um, they've devoted their life to the Lord, mm-hmm. and the, and that is the number one priority, no matter what. Like even if I'm there, coming up to there, I mean, my grandfather's in the chair, like he's in his word. You know, it's it's like it doesn't stop. And I always think about like Smith Wigglesworth, mm-hmm. like he talks about like every 15 minutes he'd pick his word up, didn't yeah. matter what he was doing, every 15 minutes. And it's like when you want that. Pow- like that powerful relationship of laying hands on the sick and, and doing that kind of ministry, it takes you being in your word. Like that is just where it's at. And I'm, I'm just proud of my family and the, the roots I come from. I, a lot of times I feel like you said like, Oh, you're called. Like, I feel like I'm doing like, I should be doing something. Always should be doing something just because of where I come from. It's like in your blood, like you, it is. it's there. And there's been so many prophetic words over their life and your kids, kids will serve the Lord and their kids, mm-hmm. kids, kids, kids will serve the Lord. And, and we have these genealogies going back, you know, that they've been prayed over and we're the result of that. You know, your blood has been prophesied over for years. Right. And so it's like, how can you not preach? How can you not? You can't because you've been prophesied into this existence. Like you're part of that bloodline. And it's just, that's where I was like, the call is so strong. It's, it pulls so hard that there's not even a question to say, can I preach or do it? Should I talk about the Lord or should I do this? Like you don't have that option. It's like, it just flows from it. So I'm blessed to be in that kind of family. I really enjoy it. It's the generational. (laughs) Yeah. It's Jacob didn't have any choice because what was prophesied over Abraham. Oh, I thought you were talking about this Jacob. I was like, well, you're right. (laughs) (laughs) But because of what was prophesied over Abraham, it had to go to Isaac and go to Jacob right. and go down in order to be fulfilled. So, I mean, it, I get that. Yeah. And you see that within families. 
And, and, and there's a little bit that you don't want to be the one when you experience it. And when you've seen it, you don't want to be the one that breaks it. Yeah. You want to keep it going. Well, it's sad to see that break if that is the case. Because I don't, I mean, yeah, then you're held. It's like being the last of your name, you know, which I am. So it's kind of like a double whammy. So um, there's no more Myers after me. Yeah. No pressure or anything. No son. (laughs) You want to preach for us Wednesday? (laughs) He would do it. (laughs) Fact. (laughs) He would do it. No, I just, uh, yeah. It's, it's he's cool. like, I'm not it's, kidding. I'm not going to be here. Cool. Somebody <laughs> step up Wednesday night. <laughs> Dell said he's going to preach. <laughs> Dell's still running. That's what it is. I'm, what am I running from? I don't feel your called. Your pastoral to... call. Who else is picking up the reins? Uh-huh. Who, who carries the mantle of your house? Pastor Greg. Man, we could write a book on that. <laughs> exactly. Write a book on that. We could. Who carries the mantle of your house? Like, who's, who's going to pick it up? Who lets it die? Do you just let the mantle fall from your dad? Who picks it up? Does your son do it? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not saying that. Like, um, I. I'm not saying that I would never be called to preach. I'm telling you right now, I don't feel the calling <laughs> to preach. I'm not. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? I'm like, I'm not gonna force something that I'm not like. Yeah. I don't feel like a direct pull. But I like feel I said, feel I my I, my responsibilities to <clears throat> to to reach people in other ways. Yeah, I and feel there, like you have a marketplace. You you like you said before, you wait for that opportunity to come, and then right. you can release the Lord to him. Right, like you said, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-mm. I'm kidding. Yeah, like you said, you, you don't just throw God at people. Yeah. You, you, I want them to know that I care before yeah, they care about you. You want their relationship, yeah. and then you've always incorporated the Lord behind that. Yeah. It's a marketplace, uh, you know, ministry. It's the same thing. For sure. It's just, you know, it's just kind of disguised differently. It is. Sitting behind a pulpit. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Well, that's the goal because people are scared. A lot of people are scared. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's very intentionally disguised in a way. Not so much disguised, not even hidden, um, just not screamed at people. You know right. what I mean? It's not like I don't sit up here in the gym and go, I believe in God and you should do. You know what I mean? That's not the goal. I want people to know that I truly care about them. I really do. And then I feel like that gives me the opportunity at some point for somebody to call me at 11 o'clock at night and be like, dude, I'm not doing good. I need you to pray with me. You know what I mean? Yeah, it right. opens those kinds of doors. Well, again, <clears throat> that's how I grew it. Because that love is like yeah. so important to people. It doesn't do you any good to preach at somebody if you don't love them. Like you show yeah. them love first and then they'll listen when you preach. Yeah, for sure. What? So <clears throat> this made me think about something. What is it? What do you think that like, okay, so we talked a little bit about like the youth group and stuff like that. Outside of the Lord, just, or God directly um, having his hand involved, like in your like youth ministry and stuff mm-hmm. like that. What do you feel like it is that like, um, this is a question for you too, Jake. What do you feel like it is that like about people too? Cause obviously if God's not involved, it's not going to have any fruit. Right. But it has to be, God has to place something inside of you for people to be drawn to you. Right. What do you think that, what do you think that like key factor is like for people to see somebody and like just want to be involved in their life? Does that make sense? Is that the right question? Because I think there's got to be like, um, there's got to be something. Like it's, it could be different for different people, but there's always something that draws people to want other people to be around them. Some people call it like natural born leaders, which I don't necessarily agree with that. Because I think leaders are grown for sure. Exactly. But people have do like, you know, <clears throat> charismatic people tend to draw people, which I don't necessarily think that makes great leaders. It just means they're charismatic. Mm. Right. And so they draw people to them. They just may not be re- leading them in the right direction. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. What do you think of that? <laughs> no, anytime we get on leadership, uh, I love Maxwell stuff. Mm. Uh, John that, Maxwell. John Maxwell. Um, yeah. So it is leadership's influence. But but I think and before you get in influence, there's there you have to have connection, right? And I think that is the biggest thing. That's what draws people. If you feel connected to them, uh, and in order to feel connected, you you have to love them. Yeah, you have to genuinely. People can tell whether or not you're blowing them off, or if you, or if if they just think oh you're you just kind of want a relationship to get to another level, or or even like for instance youth ministry i mean they they know if it's oh you just want me to come because you want your youth bigger or something you know i mean there's a difference between that and and really knowing man this person cares for me and and that's that's the big difference 
People will follow who they know has the best interest for them and who loves them. And and that means being honest with them sometimes. Yeah. Telling them the hard things, but but also encouraging them. Yeah. But but it is connections. It's connections. It's I, connections. I, I think that's with everything, with every everybody. Uh, um, that's that's what makes um, a ministry you want to listen to. It's not necessarily knowledge. Knowledge helps, but if if you've ever sat and listened to a professor talk. He might have all the knowledge in the world, but he'll bore you to death because <laughs> right. he won't connect with you. He yeah. he's just he would give the same speech if he was talking to a to a wall. Yeah, you know he's just throwing information out there, but there's connection. That's what makes the big difference. That's what makes people follow. Yeah, uh, um, and going back to Maxwell, I love his stuff. There's there's a book he has that um, everybody communicates, few connect. And what's the name of the book? Everybody communicates. Okay, well, that's the name of the, I thought you were just giving us a lot. You connect. <laughs> I'm going to write it down because I want to check it out. Yeah. Uh, everybody connects. What? If you everybody communicate. communicates. Few Every, connect. Okay. Everybody. So it's the the art of connecting. That's the name of the book. No, I'm, I'm confused. Sure. Oh man, yeah, it's on my it's on my bookshelf. I'll look but it up. I'll, I'll get. I want to write it up. down. Yeah. But that that is the big thing. That goes back to you though. You said charismatic people pull leadership. But they, they draw people right, in. but they, they don't hold people if they right. don't connect. Very true. Because yeah. you can be as charismatic as you want, but if you don't show personal relationship towards them, they eventually will leave. So you're right. The, yeah, the connection well, and, is where it's at. Yeah, and and leadership's influence. Mm-hmm. Who it's who has the influence? Yeah. Uh, that's that's all it is. And and influence doesn't happen just overnight. Oh goodness. I looked up John Maxwell's books on leadership, and there's like a bunch of. Them. Oh, that's <laughs> all he writes is leadership. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> all yeah. I have is his kids' books. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah, he's got a lot of lot yeah. of leadership stuff. Okay, but, you're gonna but, send, send me a text. On I'll, I'll send you the book. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll give it to you. No, I got to listen to it. So just give me. Oh, the you got to listen yeah. to it. Okay, audio Yeah, I'm an right. audio book guy. Yeah, but but his influence. Mm. Yeah, right. I think it's the biggest factor um, in you getting results with people anyways they they may listen to you for some some right. some for or some time but if you they don't see results at some point or like hey man you see something in their life that you you know is not right mm-hmm. and you can speak into them and then there becomes there is a result from it that's whenever you have ultimate buy in so it's like initial right. buy in is yeah okay i i I hear what you're saying, and I I'll give it a shot. Okay, this this seems like it's working. This worked. Whenever you get somebody to that point, this works. That right. worked. You know, like literally, you know, having a relationship with Christ saved my life, mm-hmm. saved my marriage, changed who I am as a person. Then you have ultimate buy-in from somebody. Right. right. Same thing here at the gym. If you can, if I can get convince someone to do a few things, right, and they see a few results, then it's we don't even question what the next thing is. Dale, what do I need to change? Okay, th- you're moving poorly here. I will go home and practice it with a broomstick. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. it's, that's ultimate buying at mm-hmm. that point, and that's that's where I like to. If we if I can get someone there, I will have them for a very long time you know it's hard to do though it is to get to somebody at that point yeah but it helps too like like we always talk about like you lead by example too you're in here doing it with us so i think that's another key component oh for sure yeah if you're not subscribing to your own prescription it's not going to work if he's if he's preaching from the pulpit and living like the devil is nobody's going to come to his church exactly you know it's just the facts (laughs) so i mean it's just the nature of any any endeavor whenever you, if you're leading something you have to be following the same subscriptions or prescription that you're prescribing to other people if not it's just not going to work mm-hmm. but but it all goes back to to loving oh for caring. sure yeah i mean they'll they'll follow you because they they trust that you you care for them it's not just money oh absolutely even though yeah yeah it's yeah. nice that's that's the bonus well but. yeah it kind of pays the bills exactly <laughs> yeah. but at the end of the day uh if at any point someone doesn't feel like i actually care about them they will leave right 
that's a fact. I've I've seen it happen. Yeah. Right. Uh, had a you know you have it. I you know told people at some point. Hey, you know we need to do this or that, and it it may have may or not have feelings. Whatever it was, I didn't present it right. I don't know. Uh, I don't. Sometimes I don't ever know, but they will leave. You know what I mean? It's because I broke some form of trust with them. I don't know. You know, but that's what it is. If you break some f- sort of trust with them and they feel like you don't mm-hmm. care about them anymore, gone instantly. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it may be over. It may take two weeks. Right. You know, but the 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 bond is severed at some point if you break that trust. You know, if they feel like you don't care about them. I've seen it. And I know I mean, I'm like, I've got examples where I'm like, I know exactly the moment where it was in time where this is why that person left. Would I change it? I don't know. You know what I mean? Because I, I felt like I did the right thing, but in their, in their eyes, I broke trust, you know, I, I, mm, right at the time, you know, I, it's hard. It really is hard. So it's a tough position to be in sometimes to tell somebody the right thing, but also know that it could be the one thing that severs the tie with them. But that's leadership too. Yeah, it is, You're and right. that and that really is caring. Yeah, too. Yeah, that that you know, this might this might sever something, but I but I love you enough and I care about you enough. I'm going to say it anyway. Yeah. That's a hard, hard position, hard hard position to be in. Right. Especially whenever you're telling someone the truth in love and they don't receive it the way you want them to receive it. Dude, that is so hard. Yeah. Just like, no, dude, I'm telling you this because I care about you. Yeah. And then they take it in such a negative way that you're like, this is not the result I was looking for. I was looking to help you be better. You know yeah. what I mean? The, that was the, that, that, and they, the and discipline of it. It could be, it, but it can be taken sometimes as you're just trying to be, hurt me or you're being yeah. hateful, you know, mm. or whatever. Hopefully, yeah. if that's the case, then down the road, mm. looking back, they'll be like, I see what he was saying and then be able to return. Yeah. But I think if you do it the opposite and you don't ever release that information, then you, you're failing as a leader way even You worse. are failing as a leader. Yeah. If, if someone walks through my gym and they're moving poorly and I know they could hurt themselves because mm-hmm. of it, and I do not say anything. Say anything. I've, I'm that I'm not a leader. You know, at the end of right. the day, mm-hmm. you know, that's just the truth. That's but it's a tar- tough place to be yeah. in my place, right? Because I know that truth could lead to hey, you're not getting a paycheck this week. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's tough. It's a hard place to be. But I mean, you look at Christ, and you know the crowds would go from oh, huge yeah, to following yeah, down yeah. to down no, to a few yeah just a few and yeah. then then it might it goes back yeah. and forth you know when what he's saying they like he's yeah he's the man we want to be around when he's when feeding he's feeding us, thousands when bro he's, when he's feeding bread us bread <laughs> yeah when we come for bread and he's talking about he's the bread of life and it's like eh, bread of life well, what are you talking about dude that makes I, sense. I wanted the real stuff yeah can you give me some more of that fish, please? Yeah. <laughs> but there's something about, I mean, could you imagine being Peter and following Christ? Mm-hmm. And and there'd be times that he calls you Satan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Or he's looking at you. Yeah. And you know he's the son of God. He is God standing yeah. there incarnate, right? And he's calling you Satan. That's hilarious. But there had to be enough times that it's... Okay, I know he loves me. I must have Satan in me right now. What I said, I shouldn't have said. Yeah. You know, that that was that oh, voice yeah. wasn't God's voice speaking out out of my mouth right then. So that's really funny though. I've never thought about it that way. Um, but <laughs> but he stayed because he cared because he knew. Yeah, he knew Jesus loved him. Yeah. Uh, how's your relationship today with the Holy Spirit? Does he not do the same thing? Oh man! Like yeah. I've, I've had some of the biggest whippings from the Holy Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> like makes you feel uncomfortable almost. Because he's there and like he is constantly just taking that stuff out of your heart and he's always showing mm-hmm. you like where Satan is very evident. Right. You're a man of, what did you say? What? A man of, a, a, what did you say about your heart? Don't, um, a dark heart or something? A couple uh, episodes ago. I don't remember exactly how I said it, yeah. but I, I said my heart's pretty wicked or pretty wicked, wicked heart, you know, yeah. Like, yeah, whatever God revealed. Yes. Yeah, like, I, don't, I don't remember exactly what I said. Yeah, but it was like, man. I think you were complimenting me on something. I was like, well, if you knew how wicked my heart was, you wouldn't be saying that. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's true. Like, it, I'm being facetious a little bit, yeah. but uh, I think I just don't like, like, um, it's maybe it's like the compliment thing, but like, it's hard for me to know that, like, you know, someone 
think something of me. And I'm like, man, if you knew the thoughts that run through my head, you know what I mean? Although you wouldn't be thinking that. But uh, I think that um, fighting the flesh is what that is. I mean, it's just, oh, yeah. you know, so. But it's very true, Jake, what you are saying before. So About yeah. what, just the discipline of the Holy Spirit or what? Yeah, it's like, it's harsh. Uh, and I feel like for me that like whenever I feel discipline of the Holy Spirit, and it happens frequently, unfortunately. <laughs> Maybe fortunately, I don't know. Fortunately. Uh, fortunately. Uh, it happens, it seems like all the time. So it means I'm making a lot of mistakes, but he's also like trying to still like mold me maybe. Yeah, no, he says I discipline those whom I love. Yeah. Right. If he wasn't doing it, I'd be worried. It's, you want him to, to mold you like a son. Yeah. I have these daily like battles, it seems like, you know what I mean? Like inside my head and heart, like <laughs> the conflict is real. Yeah. You know? That's why I love reading Paul stuff. He's so... Open, open about it, yeah, with about it. all of it, yeah, and you know, describing it that way of your your thoughts are like warfare, and it's true, and though. you gotta take captive, yeah, the the thoughts that, that come into your mind, and and decide what what you're keeping, what 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 are God's, what what isn't, and mm-hmm. you had a great sermon on uh, the thoughts probably two months ago. I think it was probably about two months ago. It was really good. I can't remember everything about it, but I remember leaving going. That was good. And I remember it being about capturing your thoughts. Oh, yeah. It was super good. I should probably go back and remember, like listen to it again now that I can't remember exactly why I thought that, but I remember thinking at the time this is really yeah. good. So put that in our notes to that sermon. We'll yeah. tag it in there. <laughs> you you got you to gotta take your thoughts captive. Yeah. It, you it remember what I'm ta- the sermon I'm talking about? I'm, oh, yeah. I'm sure you've preached several of them. What was the general baseline of that do you remember off the top of your head he's like oh <laughs> it, it, it was it was uh, i believe i was preaching on series of just being brave it was okay being brave and um and that fear the the enemy every he the only way he can attack us is in our mind correct he can't read our thoughts but he can he can whisper something in that just creates a thought yes and he's always trying to feed and that if he can get get a hold of your thoughts, fear creeps in. Yes, um, everything, just the negative. He, he he can get you. So so our job as a Christian is we have to learn be so diligent in guarding our minds that we that we do that we take every thought captive and and we Paul said he said take every thought that that means the good and the bad. I've got I've got to dissect dissect everything that comes in. Mm-hmm. Is this God? Yeah, and and will it measure to the word of God? Is this is this going to make me better? Because sometimes, man, devil's so good at disguising. Oh, some for things sure. Yeah, he does. That um, that 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 you gotta be able to measure it up. Is this line up? And okay, I'm I'm going to hold on to that thought. Mm-hmm. And, and this thought, this thought here, where it's um, where it was, you know, it's not lining up. I, I'm taking it captive. Um, so so now I'm going to take it prisoner. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna allow that to to control me anymore. There was, mm. um, what did I read the other day? Uh, man, I wish I I had it right here. Oh, and I read it to class. Did you find it? Yet? No, it was I had it right here. I must have accidentally deleted it. <laughs> I saw something online the other day. Uh, was it John that wrote that he was faster than the other disciple going to the tomb? What? No, oh, he did. Yeah. He wrote that, and John it's was like John. faster than. The, well, he. They were like, "Why did you think the that he other said disciple?" That? He never referred to himself as. <laughs> even though he wrote it, yeah. he, he he always referred to himself as. I loved that. John would refer to himself as the one Jesus loved. Yeah. <laughs> he wrote that himself. That's so funny. And he wrote that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's some funny things in there. Yeah. I mean, he, he's mentioned Peter, all the others, but whenever it's referring to him, <laughs> the one whom Jesus loved. <laughs> that's like, so, that's, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Is it? And, and because I think, yeah. I think, man, how, how, how God makes you feel. It, it almost makes you feel like he he loves you in such a way that that you almost feel special, yeah. like you're the apple of his eye every time. You know, I mean, yeah. when you really have that relationship with with God, there is that little um, he loves me more than you. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's funny. That's, I found it. Sorry. When the this is what it says. It says when the Bible says, "Do not lean on your own understanding." The Bible is being serious. Your heart is deceitful. Your emotions, your emotions fluctuate. Your understanding does not see the overall big picture. God never lies. God never changes. God knows all. Trust him. But yeah. it's really funny that we, you know, you mentioned even good thoughts have to be captured. They do. Because they can be deceitful as well, right? Um, like you could be thinking of yourself in a certain way and you feel like it is such a good thing. And it's just it's just boastfulness and haughtiness and uh, pride is what mm -hmm. it is. You know what I mean? But it's disguised in this way of like you've done great. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's like that totally rung, rung, like rung true with me. You have we, to capture every single thought. We have a hard time recognizing what is good. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's the problem. I mean, we, we, we think a lot of things are good. Yeah. But is it God? Well, you know, I think a lot of things are good until my wife tells me that it's not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she, she's way better discerning yeah. like good than I am. And I'll have to go, yeah, it probably wasn't good, but it'll take me that conversation is that wives in general or is that just i don't know me and nikki's conversation i'm pretty like, sure the holy spirit is <laughs> on high alert with her when he speaks to me it's through brain brandy's voice <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times oh but it's true though yeah. like me and nikki have a conversations and i never thought twice about something and she's like but did you think of it this way that doesn't seem right and i'm like well, I thought this was a good thing, you know? And then I'm like, well, you're right. I need to redissect what I was thinking about this. There's a line in Genesis before Eve eats, partakes of the, of the fruit, that says, when she saw that the tree was good. Mm. Hmm. That's like, man, it, it wasn't good. I mean, it's that whole, yeah. we can perceive something as good, and when we partake of it, it was evil. Yeah. It was bad for Ooh, us. It's that's so interesting. Us. Yeah. So, so it's not, I think we get so caught up in, well, is this good for me? And you look at families, how many families get destroyed because maybe, maybe it's, well, this job would be good for us, mm -hmm. you know, but is it God's will? Yeah. And, and it ends up not realizing it down the road as they partake of that. It, it draws them away from the family. Maybe the family time's shattered now and, and things begin to happen and it falls apart because of something that, well, we, we thought it would be good. Yeah. I've never, I've never thought of that that way. Hmm. Like reading that scripture like that. What, that particular scripture? Yeah, I mean, like never even crossed my mind that she like made a decision. That it was and good. And that it was totally not the right decision. You know right. Yeah. I mean? That's so interesting. But I will say too, in that moment, God was out of the garden with them. And that's what I always go back to. If God was standing with them when they were walking, they were making all the right decisions. Right. But as oh, soon as yeah. he left yeah. and you allow to get upset, and it even says men sin when their flesh pulls them away from God. Right. So at that moment, that's why she had what you said, lean on not on your own understanding. Yeah. They were on their right. own understanding at that moment. At that moment. Yeah. Fails completely. And I think the older that I've got, I've realized that that scripture, like you really need to take that to heart. Like you have nothing good in you. Like mm -hmm. as far as that is concerned, there's other scriptures that say that. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> right. I'm saying there's nothing good yeah. in the flesh. There's nothing good inside <clears throat> of you, and and when you come to that realization, you have to. That's it makes it easier to kill flesh all the time because you know that it's faulty. Do you do you have you ever thought this to yourself? <laughs> I'm not a bad person. I'm a good person, and then had Ooh. the same conversation afterwards. Idiot. That's exactly the trap. Right. <laughs> that is exactly. the trap. Well, that's, you know? that's one of the instances that the Holy Spirit will quickly be yeah. able to show you. Like you see it. Yeah. Not that he's like being mean to you. Like he's exposing like this is where you fit. Like you failed here. Yeah. Fail one. You fail all. Like it is. Yeah. We can't ever look at ourselves like that. He doesn't call us to be good. No. He calls us to be holy. Yeah. yeah. Two Which totally is living things. according to his standard and yeah. obedience mm -hmm. to him. I mean, that's the, yeah, that's that's the the hard thing. Mm -hmm. We 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 look at good, but but we look good. at good all the time, and that's how we that's how we view other people yeah. too. Yeah, well, they're a good person. That's right. Yeah, but 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 they're not living according to the word. Yeah, I'm. Are you glad that God put that standard there though? Like. Are you glad? Does it make you feel uh, yeah, good? I was going to say. Or say make you feel good. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> is it cool to know that our future is 
holy, not just subpar, not just right. good, but he called it holy for a reason so that we could abolish all sin underneath yeah. it. Like it makes me pumped up knowing that one day I'm going to be perfected, not right. just good. Yeah. Yeah, if good was the standard, I could say that we could high five and call it good right now. Hey, yeah. we're pretty good people. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm not killing anybody. I haven't robbed my neighbor, yeah. you know. And that's the lie. You know, I mean like yeah. that's the lie though. That but that's the lie, lie of the enemy. And but to so think it always was the lie. He convinced her that it was good. Oh, so, it's, it's the lie so of today too. It's still yeah. convincing. Oh, yeah. You're good. Yeah. It's the lie of today and that is one of the biggest reasons I I feel that People have mm. a hard time accepting Christ right. fully is because they think I'm good. Yeah. I'm a good person. I I'm live, better than them. I'm better than <laughs> them. Hate to tell At you, least I didn't kill anybody. Dell, Jacob, Pastor Gregor, yeah. inherently evil, yeah. <laughs> wicked people. Very wicked. Exactly. <laughs> only well, redeemed. Paul, th- only redeemed through Christ, right? I so. think Paul, the real realization, because I think we can get caught up in that. Oh, I'm, I'm good. I'm doing good. Yeah. Like Paul never said that. Paul referred to himself as the chief of sinners. Yeah. The guy who who had such an encounter with God that whether he was in the flesh or in the spirit, he doesn't even know when he went up into the third heaven. And, you know, I, I only thought there was one. Yeah. He went to the third heaven. <laughs> There's I mean, seven, that's a, seven, that's a, one or two were good. That's enough, how, but three is holy. That's how deep that guy was. <laughs> there's seven layers of hell, apparently. So there's yeah. got to be at least more than one layer of heaven. Yeah. Right? I don't know. I mean, Paul, who, who said, you know, I, I, I would tell you more, but you couldn't get it all. And I don't even get all the stuff he wrote anyway. And and, and he refers to himself among sinners. I'm the worst. Yeah. Worse than all. But then yeah. that also goes to show you the closer you get to God, the closer you get to him, you start realizing you realize like how much of a sinner you actually are. Yeah. Mm. And no. the farther you get away, the more good, good you feel. Yeah. You think you're you are. Ooh, that'll preach, man. All right, Sunday. Got you. We just wrote your sermon. Right. They awesome. sweet. <laughs> Holy uh, good. We'll put this out on Tuesday. So you appreciate fine. that. <laughs> Nobody will know that you, you wrote your sermon on Sunday uh, right here, <laughs> Thursday afternoon yeah. <laughs> in a gym. <laughs> is that your favorite person to read those, Paul? It is. Because he's so real. He's real. Yeah, he's, he's real. He's so real. I mean, to say things. What did he say about, uh, was it Peter, where he like came up and confronted him about just not sitting with the Jews or something like that? Like he, oh, was yeah. all up in he called him a hypocrite. Yeah, he don't. I mean, that's that takes guts right there. <laughs> but he was well in knowledge before God called him. Like he was. Oh yeah, he was uh, not well, a was a Pharisee. Yeah, yeah, he was. was. I mean, I yeah, so he was just he was like well known in the word. Like he knew every bit of the first. He know, knew the law thing, right? and he was oh, a yeah. defender of the faith. Yes. Yeah. yeah. What he thought. Yeah. Mm. He thought he was good. Yeah. He thought he was really good, probably. Got to yeah. knock him down some more. Well, he thought he was good, so good that he was killing people who believed in Christ. So. Right. Mind-blowing. Zealous. Very zealous. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. That was good. I liked that. That was fun. Mm. Shall we continue or are we wrapping it up? Hour and 33 minutes. That's pretty good. Well, we got to chop off our, right. yeah, the first... 30 or so about uh, <laughs> things we're not allowed to discuss at this point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it really is about a 25 minute podcast. That's good. That's good, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, most of that's going to make it. Just yeah. so you know, not all of it. All right. All of it's going to make it. Colby Wallace and Mark definitely making it. What's that? Colby Wallace Oh, did we talk about that? No, we didn't. I mean, oh, the hair? Yeah. Yeah, we talked about the hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another really good one is this. The, <laughs> I have to tell on you at this point. Oh, oh, yeah. It has to happen. So the night that Jake came, was it a... Just the men's... It was like a Tuesday Astros night or Thursday yeah. night. We were watching yeah. the Astros game and Jake right. came over with this. And uh, I'm talking about you. And the whole time he thinks I'm talking about Dennis. Because Dennis had shared oh, the devotion yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. And I say, no, that's Pastor Gregor. He's like, that guy? <laughs> <laughs> Well, he was just hanging out with the guys, yeah. just in the back. Like it didn't seem hat like anything on, different. Yeah, hat on, Astro shirt, exactly. like looking like a normal that dude. guy that just talked. He was all dressed up and nice. <laughs> and I was like, "That's probably the pastor." Just assuming. Oh man, but it was pretty funny. That guy's the pastor. Yeah. See, now that's one of the things, though, that when I grew up, um, 
you know, in a pastor's home and you're all around the preachers and stuff, when it, when it was the, I don't want to be like them, what it got down to is I didn't want to be fake. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't want to always have to be on. Yeah. You know, if, you know, if I'm the pastor of really, no, I'm just me. Mm-hmm. Pastoring is what is what my calling is, but I'm Greg. I mean, that's just so I'm me. Yeah. yeah. And, and I always want to be real. With with people, with myself. That goes a long way. It goes a long way. It really does. For sure. There's plenty of fake out there. <laughs> what? No. That's yeah, true. I'm, I'm agreeing with there's you. There's a lot of fake, but that's where, like, it'll keep someone there or not because then there's no fake, you know? You want the real deal. Right. And that God doesn't really move in a fake house like that. Like, exactly. He wants a real pastor that he can really dump into and be vulnerable, and he can move through that. Yeah. When you get too fake and high and mighty, it gets too hard for him to move through you. So, because I think they're good. <laughs> they think they're good. Exactly. That's gonna be new, the the new that phrase. Is. Yep. You think you're good? <laughs> you think? Oh yeah. Question. You think you're good? <laughs> think you're good? <laughs> we'll just hit everybody with that off the bat from now on. Eventually, they'll catch on. Right. <laughs> so, you think you're good? <laughs> All right, man. Let's wrap it up. Good. Pastor All Greg, right. thanks for joining us today. This was fun. Thanks. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Was it. Your first this podcast. was easy. Yeah. yeah. First time ever. We'll see you uh, next week. We'll All do right. it again. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. We will do it man. again. That okay. was fun. Yeah, definitely yeah. have you back. We'll we, do it. We don't tell anybody else that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here's how we wrap it up. Me and Jake always high five. Okay. You can give him a high five. <laughs> if you want one, you can have one. <laughs> I'll take a high five. Yeah. yeah. Oh God. A little softer next time. <laughs> Forgot he's a pastor. Soft hands. <laughs> and we're out. <laughs>